Good morning. Welcome to this assembly of the Laurel Heights Church of Christ. First, I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11. When Christians look around at the current state of our society, there is so much going on that raises thoughtful concern and alarm. The nation is divided. There are fears that never seem to evaporate. Though it is not mentioned in the media often, one long-standing example of what disturbs us is, since the law was passed in 1973, over 55 million babies have been aborted. Drug and alcohol use continues. The sanctity of marriage is becoming a minority belief. Gender confusion is everywhere, something that we may have never expected. And even though families are intact, in many cases they are stressed and troubled and broken. Child neglect and abuse. Christians who are aware and concerned of these things, are praying. And it is not a time to be silent. What can we do? You know, I could use the Bible and talk about 171 things we can do. I'm going to concentrate this morning on one thing. The central thrust of this sermon is to call attention to one thing. God is the Father of fathers. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him. Jesus assumes that as a general rule, earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to their children. But from there, he takes us higher. God, the Father in heaven, the Creator, gives good things to those who ask him. If we think we know how to give good things to our children, how much more is this true of God, the Creator, the perfect Father? God is the Father of fathers. I've listed some passages here. I'm going to quote these quickly. You can just listen to this or write down the references. I want to do this all at once to make the impression on us about the good Father in heaven. We cited recently in a Bible class, James chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Every good gift 
And every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of His creatures. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, He will not let us be tempted beyond our ability. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. In 2 Timothy 2.13, He remains faithful. In 1 Thessalonians 5.24, He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. In Malachi 3 and verse 6, He does not change. In Hebrews 10.23, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And in Titus 1 and verse 2, God cannot lie. These and many other verses in the Bible describe God, the Father. And the part of that truth that I want us to get hold of is, God is the perfect example of a good parent. If you want to see good parenting, you can always open the Bible and read about God as a parent. He is the perfect model. What should this mean to parents today? What do we observe in God, the perfect Father, that parents can learn and apply today? Number one, just as God is devoted to the eternal good of His children, parents need to be devoted to their children's eternal good. It says of God in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, He doesn't wish that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Likewise, in 2 Timothy 2, 25 and 26, what God wants is for people to come to the knowledge of the truth and repent of their sin and be saved. Parents need to fix their minds on that same purpose. It is not just, let's get them to 18. It is not just, let's get them through school and scholarships and college. It is not just career. While all of that can be pursued with discipline and wisdom, what is primary? The eternal good of your children. Where they go eternally. Above every other desire. Wanting your children to serve God as adults and serve Him faithfully and go to heaven. That's what God teaches parents by His example. Just as God keeps His promises to His children, parents need to keep their promises to their children. I read a moment ago from Hebrews 10, 23, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. This is the perfect Father. The perfect Father doesn't make empty promises. He doesn't deceive or lie 
or tempt his children to sin. Parents ought to be honest with their children, refusing to make a promise to just shut them up or put them off. God illustrates the integrity He expects of His people, and God wants parents to be straight and clear with their children. Children want to trust their parents. Parents can feed that trust by imitating God the Father who keeps His promises and is faithful. Just as God is consistent with His children, parents need to be consistent with their children. I would have you to listen again, please, to this passage in James 1 telling us that we can count on God, that He is faithful. It says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of His creatures. We studied this passage in a recent adult class on Wednesday night. Two verses with so much rich instruction about God. And part of it is, God is consistent. God is consistent. It says here, with Him there is no variation or shadow due to turning. God is consistent. Let us... Ask ourselves as parents, and let me ask parents to take a moment and examine just this thing, consistency. Do you do daily Bible reading with your children consistently? Do you pray with your children consistently? Do you talk to them and listen to them about the issues and problems they face? And do you do that consistently? Do you bring your children to these assemblies consistently? Do you make certain they are in the Bible classes that we provide consistently? If you do something only part of the time, when you feel like it, and when you're not busy doing other things that are less important, when you do something with your children without good regularity, what message are you sending to them? And it may have no effect at all. God, as a father, illustrates consistency. It is consistency that parents today need to imitate. God protects His children. Parents need to do everything they can to protect their children. It is said of God in 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 3, The Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Guard you against the evil one. God gave His Son and His written word 
And God gave us prayer based on His desire to protect us from the evil one. He is faithful in this regard. He wants to establish and guard His children against the evil one. Parents here on earth ought to have that same commitment. To guard their children against the evil one. Are you doing that, parents? Are you doing everything you can to guard your children against the evil one? Are you taking every step that you know of to protect your children against the evil one? I'm going to say something here that you've heard me say before. I say this plainly, knowing that the charge I have to deliver is written in God's Word to warn against sin. Fathers, I want to talk to you. I want you to imagine for the purpose of a point that I need to make, I want you to imagine that there is a knock at your door. And you go to the door and open the door and there is the devil himself. I want you to imagine that. And he says, please let me come into your house and corrupt the minds of your children. In that scenario, I know exactly what you're going to do. You're going to slam the door. And you might yell at the devil and tell him to get off of your property and out of your neighborhood and away from your marriage and your children. But will you please consider now that today the devil doesn't have to come through your front door. Do you have a cable coming into your house? Do you have Wi-Fi? Do your children have phones or do they have a TV in their room or a computer? Are you protecting your children from the evil one? God says that's what he does for his children. Are you doing that for your children? The devil has gone digital, folks. He can have access to your children through their phones and their electronic devices. You need to know what they're watching and what they're listening to and the messages that they are sending and receiving. You need to assert your authority as a parent and control what your children see and hear. Talk to me or Herb later. If you want to know more about how to protect your children from digital dangers. God believes in firm discipline for His children. I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 2 at verses 5 and 6. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, 
nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. God believes in discipline. Start, parents, with this very easy question. Do you love your children? The discipline that God applies to His children comes from God's love for His children. Parents, do you love your children? Love is the foundation of good discipline, not irritation. You correct wrong behavior, you praise good behavior, and you do that with love and justice and consistency. God believes in discipline. He is the perfect example of parenting, isn't he? God welcomes back his penitent children. Parents here on earth identify with this story. In the story that Jesus told in Luke 15, the son, the prodigal son, left home, went out and lived a life of sin. Many parents identify with that and fear that. This boy went out and did his own thing and his life came crashing down around him. He then acknowledged his sin and went back home to his father. In Luke 15, listen to verses 20 through 22. This is the father's reaction. And he rose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, <coughs> Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. He was lost, verse 24, and is found. The father in this story represents how God wants his wayward children to repent and come back. And when the penitent children come back home, the father has his arms open and he's waiting to be gracious and merciful and to see that change in his son. The man said, Luke 15, 24, My son was lost, but now he is found. Parents, this model conveys to us no resentment, bitterness, but a love for the souls of your children. I just want us to see how good the Father in heaven is in modeling perfect parenthood. Being devoted to your children's eternal good, keeping your promises, consistency, protecting them, engaging in wise discipline, forgiving and receiving the penitent. Now, if God were here today in person 
and he had little children to care for, what would he do about these assemblies, do you think? What would he do about the classes that we organize for the children to study the Bible at their level? Starting next Sunday, November the 4th, the next quarter of our Bible class program for children begins. We're doing something different. At the junior high and high school level, one class for boys, one for girls. Now is a great time to make a renewed commitment. Not just for numbers at a church building, but for the future of your children. I've heard parents out in their 30s and 40s express their regret, saying, I look back and I didn't do enough. I didn't read the Bible with them enough. I didn't pray with them enough. Many Sunday mornings we just stayed in bed. Wednesday nights were too busy. And now my child is a spiritual mess. I don't want to hear any of you saying that to me. Next Sunday, 9.30, classes continue on Wednesday nights. It's certainly not the only thing. The primary responsibility God has placed on the home. But it's something else you can do to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Thank you to our teachers and parents who are going to be serious about these children. Let's be standing as we sing.